0: Pinker, welcome to Fritankepod. Thank you. Uh, Your new book, Enlightenment Now, or Upplysning Nu, in Swedish, why did you write it? Uh, The case had to be made for reason, science, humanism
1: and progress, because all of those ideas are under assault. From, From where are they under assault? Certainly from the authoritarian populist right, but also from the academic postmodernist left. And from a, uh, a kind of fatalism that is common uh, among the right, left, and the center, mm-hmm. against uh, the about the idea of uh, progress, the idea of reason, of uh, truth, of applying knowledge
0: to improve human life. Do you have any sort of idea or hypothesis about why this kind of knowledge relativism has? become to flourish, that there are no objective truths and so on. The postmodern idea, I mean. Uh, Some of it may just be historical, that
1: while universities underwent their greatest period of expansion in the 60s and 70s, that's when the uh, left-wing reaction against uh, uh, conventional society became influential, and they just took over the new professorships and uh, made sure that they were replaced by their own students. And so there's just a sheer Takeover in the universities. Uh, part of it was a, a reaction to some of the um, uh, the, the the problems and and uh, oppression of uh, the m- uh, mainstream establishment uh, up to the sixties. The fact that there was uh, there was racism, there was there were wars like Vietnam that mm-hmm. were uh, had not previously been examined. There was poverty, and so the critiques of society. Uh, Became entrenched as a permanent anti-establishment ideology, uh, so much that the um, uh, accomplishments of uh, the, the mainstream West of liberal democracy of markets uh, became were, were ignored and downplayed. Mm, mm.
0: Uh,
1: also, intellectuals do have a, a, a cultural uh, habit of standing in opposition to uh, the institutions of society, standing outside them and attacking them. And in, in moderation, that can be a good thing, because institutions always need reform. But if it turns into a, an across-the-board uh, cynicism uh, and a failure to appreciate that even flawed institutions can be better than the alternatives, then it can be pernicious.
0: Okay, I see what you mean. Um, I'm thinking we, we live in a world li- right now where sort of some certain narratives become stronger. The narrative of, of nationalism, for example, or the narrative of uh, we have to create a, a paradise on earth uh, according to God. I'm thinking of ISIS, for example. I mean, they have, they have very strong narratives that obviously attract uh, people in, in, in some people, of course. Uh, do you think that <clears throat> your alternative uh, enlightenment and and uh, classical liberalism, so to speak, is it does it have the same potent narrative force, or is it? W- will these, mm, these grandiose narratives sort of win mm. of psychological reasons? Do you understand? Mm, yes. Oh, I... yes,
1: oh, yes, very much. It's an acute question <laughs> and cause, because there are some people who say that uh, 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 the, the conquest of disease and poverty and war and ignorance is just boring. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I don't think it's boring. No, uh-huh. I think that I? If, we've, if, we've, if we're eliminating poverty, if we're eliminating war, if we're making the entire world literate and educated, if we're giving people richer lives... There's surely got to be a way to make that exciting and thrilling. Uh, It may depend on the right kind of leaders and uh, the right kind of rhetoric. Mm. But we have seen in history that it is possible for political leaders to be progressive in the literal sense of believing in progress, to be optimistic, and still to be popular. We saw it in the United States in Franklin Roosevelt, who said we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Mm. We saw it in uh, Ronald Reagan, who... uh, taking office during a period of high unemployment, high uh, inflation, uh, had an optimistic message, and Barack Obama, Mm -hmm. uh, who had the the message of hope and change uh, during the Great Recession and was a popular president. It can be done. I'm not a a politician. I'm not a preacher. Mm -hmm. But I hope to provide material and ammunition for for politicians and preachers to uh, advance
0: the cause of progress from Enlightenment ideals. Uh, yeah, I understand what, what you mean. Uh, still, it seems like having this idea that is bigger than yourself, in a way, the nation or the Islamic State or, or whatever, seems to be a very, very strong emotional and psychological force.
1: Well, it is, although there are an awful lot of people who want to move to Sweden and, uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and the Netherlands and Germany. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, a huge appeal of liberal democracy as well when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the ideals of the Enlightenment are bigger than oneself. The ideal of reason. Uh, None of us is particularly reasonable, but the ideal of reason... Uh, transcends any of us as individuals. We can have institutions like science where no scientist gets to impose his or her view on the whole community. Mm. You've got to uh, throw out an idea and let other people attack it and see which idea survives. That's not me. That's not you. That's the ideal of scientific truth. Likewise in uh, uh, ideals like human rights, ideals like democracy. Uh, institutions like markets they are they don't depend on the wisdom of uh, some individual they're bigger than any of us and there is something noble there's something uh, heroic there's something maybe even spiritual about them if they Mm. if we appreciate them properly
0: yeah but I I think this idea of tribalism I mean the psychological idea of you, you quite often can hear people say things like you know I'm proud to be American, or I'm proud to be Swedish, or I'm proud to be black, or I'm proud to be, you know, whatever, actually. Uh, uh, Or you you are a supporter of a football team, you know, strong supporter. It seems like this creating a a tribal sort of an identity to connect with other people in the same group seems to be a very strong psychological force. Um, Is that, is it possible to change that into a universalistic attitude towards other people? Do yeah, say? I think it's
1: we, we have multiple identities. We mm. can be uh, fans of our local sports team, but still patriots of our country, and uh, members of uh, humanity. Yeah. Uh, so it's possible to adopt multiple identities. Also to reconceptualize certain kinds of, of group uh, identity, of group pride, as not being uh, racial, but being... In effect, signatories to a social contract. Mm-hmm. what makes an american why, uh, an American? why are we proud to be am- americans it 's not that we have uh, there 's any such thing as American blood uh, or anglo saxon stock, no. although there are some Americans who do believe that yeah but of course the uh, the, the beauty of the American ideal. Uh, has always been that it's a melting pot, that what makes Americans Americans is the loyalty to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution,
0: not being from a particular ethnic group or or race. Mm, I see what you mean. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, the situation in America right now. I mean, we just have heard about these bombs. Uh, Today, I think they have a a suspect person who is a tribe uh, fan. Uh, we don't know yet if it is this guy, I guess, but it could be. Um, I mean, what, what, what's your general comment on this polarization of America right now?
1: Yeah, well, it is, uh, like most people, I deplore it. I think we shouldn't overinterpret the result of some, um, uh, some loathsome criminal mm. uh, who knows how to get the attention of the press. Mm. Uh, and I think the press uh, allows itself to be manipulated by terrorists and rampage shooters... And for that matter, tweeting politicians mm. who uh, can game the system and uh, turn um, uh, outrage into massive. Uh, coverage. Mm. The majority of the people are still consider themselves moderate. It's a shrinking minority, a majority, but it's still a majority. Mm. Uh, and we have to set it as, as our goal to figure out what's best for people, what's true, rather than falling into, into tribes on the right or, or the left. I don't have a, uh, a recipe or a, a cure for, the, for polarization, but certainly being aware of the problem is a first step. Mm. But, how could Trump be elected in the first place in your home country well it 's a combination we, we like many major historical events, uh, we always look for a narrative after the fact to explain it and what the reality is always that there are lots of small things that are all pushed in the same direction. Mm. And it could have turned out uh, differently. Uh, Trump got a minority of the votes yeah. it was a combination of uh, there was some manipulation by by Russians mm. there was some uh, Uh, Flaws in uh, Hillary Clinton, both Mm -hmm. in her campaign strategy and in in her as a candidate. She probably wasn't the best opponent to Donald Trump Mm in that particular year. Uh, And I think there's, uh, ironically, uh, some of the uh, people who are most hurt by Trump's policies had become so poisoned against the political system, against uh, institutions of democracy, that they... Sat out the election they didn 't vote at all, mm-hmm. and they, we got the worst possible uh, outcome it, ironically if uh, even uh, people who are inclined toward the left they have uh, are so convinced that uh, our our society is inherently racist it 's inherently uh, oligarchic it 's inherently unjust. It's inherently oppressive. They thought, well, there's no difference between Trump and Clinton. Uh, why, why, why get out of bed and go and, and vote? It's, it's the same system, mm-hmm. and that disengagement, that fatalism, which I think is comes from a failure to acknowledge the progress that we have made, uh, may have. Indirectly led to the uh, election of populist candidates because the people who ought to have opposed them uh, became cynical about the entire process.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see. But uh, there's, it's a strange thing, I think, that these kinds of um how to call it, populist political development, seems to take place independently of each other in many parts of the world at the same time. You have the Hindu nationalists in Mm -hmm. India, you have Hungary, you have Poland, you have Turkey. uh, And they they are all different, of course, but it's the same kind of more authoritarian and in some cases more religious fundamentalistic. Why do you think it's happening at the same time all around the world? Yes, it's a good question.
1: I don't have a, an easy answer. Some no. of it has been a, a backlash or a resistance to trends that have been building for several decades, such as the rights of minorities, the rights of women, uh, and the, um, the the people who are left out of these progressive movements. In, in Europe and the United States, it's the white men. Uh, the older white men feel, well, hey, everyone's championing the immigrants, the uh, the, the Muslims, the African Americans, the women. What about me? Uh, what, about, what about my type? And it's, it's a, a kind of backlash from exactly the sector of society that has been losing power and influence and prestige. Uh, so uh, it's possible that the Great Recession contributed, that... Uh, that we have a, a kind of results of the people who are left behind by yeah. the uh, information economy and globalization. You mean
0: what happened in 2008? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: Okay. Yeah, I see. Uh, so, uh, again, I don't, I, I don't claim to have an answer, but, mm-hmm. the, uh, it, but you're, you're right that it is striking how this backlash seems
0: to be occurring in uh, many parts of the world. I remember I read, um, do you know Manuel Castells? Uh, I do not. No, he... he, um, I don't remember what country. He's Spanish, maybe. I don't remember. But anyway, a professor of sociology, I think. He he writes about the fact that globalization... A lot of people get insecure because of the globalization processes and the the mixture of new cultures and so on. And therefore, they tend to try to connect to things that's in their past... who feels to be very stable, which could be religious conservatism, for example, the, the scriptures or or the nation and things like that. Do you think that could be one of the explanations? I, I do think so, that, that when you
1: have um, sudden surges in immigration and people look around them, they see their neighborhoods are changing, their country is changing, mm-hmm. then uh, that, that could lead to uh, a, an, a, a retrenchment and a... Um,
0: Greater value placed on the the uh, tribe mm. because the same thing happened in Sweden. We had an election in, in September this year, and we had a nationalistic party who gained a lot of votes. You know, one point one million votes in Sweden.
1: Yes, and uh, there is a, a, a tension that. Western countries have not yet resolved between the obvious benefits of, of immigration, yeah. both the economic benefits and the. Given that most European countries are shrinking in population, someone's got to be uh, earning the money that supports all those old people, <laughs> all those early. aging baby boomers, <laughs> uh, buying products. Yeah, uh, and at the same time, because uh, much of the immigration is going to come from. Uh, parts of the world with different cultures, from, from Africa, from uh, Muslim countries, which ironically are often opposed to the liberal societies that, uh, that welcome them. That uh, that is, uh, how, how to resolve that tension is a problem that has not yet been, been solved. No. In the past, the United States has been far more successful than Europe. There, and yeah. in fact, in, in the United States, there is really not, uh, there aren't these, uh, ghettos of uh, muslim immigrants that often breed radicals and, mm. uh, in, That's in the united situation states. in
0: sweden we have those uh, yes mm. and
1: whereas in, in, in the united states there has not there there have been some muslim terrorist attacks but by and large mm. uh, the the uh, islamic population is well integrated and uh, and, mm. uh, and and uh, uh, like other immigrant groups becomes educated becomes more liberal uh, mm. with successive generations so the United States does a lot of things wrong, but one thing the United States does right is to uh, assimilate
0: immigrants. Yeah, yeah. Okay, one last question. I know you're an optimist, but, but some things in the world when it comes to these attitudes of populism seems to go in the wrong way uh, at the moment. When do you think we will see that turn and, and the Enlightenment thinking will sort of flourish again? How long do, does it take before that happens?
1: Uh, I, I don't know the answer and, and I don't so much consider myself an optimist okay. as, a, uh, as what Hans Rosling, a great Swede, called yeah. uh, a possibleist. A possibleist, yes. okay, good. Uh, and, and, I, and, and what I advocate to borrow another word from uh, Rosling is uh, factfulness, not yes. optimism. That the... Positive developments that I write about are not a question of seeing the glasses half full or having a, a wearing rose-colored glasses. It's just being aware of facts that most people aren't aware of—that uh, there has been measurable improvement. But in terms of the, and, and I, in enlightenment now, I devote a lot of time and space to um, negative. Developments mm. such as climate change, such yeah. as the threat of nuclear war, such as inequality, and such a, and populism. Now, why uh, is populism the wave of the future? I mean, it's, it's like, like Orwell, if you want to imagine the future, but imagine a, a, fi- a, a boot stamping on a face forever. Mm. Uh, mm. I don't think so. Mm. Uh, and maybe this will sound optimistic. There are certain long-term trends that are going to push back against populism. One of them is education. Mm. Populism is more... Uh, popular among the less educated and the world is becoming more educated. Second is urbanization. Mm -hmm. Populism is more popular in rural regions and the world is moving to cities. A third is generational turnover. Mm. Uh, young people tend not to be populists as much as older people, and people tend to carry their political convictions with them as they age. Mm. So it's not that when young people get older, they'll, they'll become populists. They'll, they'll stay with the attitudes they have now, and as the older baby boomers die and the younger silent generation and get replaced by gener- generation X and millennials, mm-hmm. populism will decline in popularity. Finally, there there's built-in limits to how much nationalism and insularity and closed societies can be viable in the world of today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we can't block the flow of ideas. It's too late, we have the internet. We can't block the flow of people. No. Uh, it's too easy to travel. And certain problems are, are inherently global and, and always will be from from now on, Uh, the environment, particularly climate, terrorism, um, uh, uh, cyber security and and, uh, cyber uh, terrorism, Uh, (coughs) rogue states, Mm. pirates, pandemics, Mm. uh, and and global culture. You Mm. go to almost any city in the world, people are listening to the same music, eating the same food, wearing the same clothes. Uh, all of these long term forces are going to push
0: back against uh, uh, nationalistic uh, policies. That sounds very hopeful, I must say in, in just one hour you 're going to stand on this stage of circus in Stockholm and, and talk about these things. I wish you very good luck with that, and thanks for talking to me oh, th- thank you thanks for having me.